Welcome to Jyotish Conversations. I'm Ben Collins. This is a series of programs presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each show in this series presents an aspect of Jyotish or Hindu astrology in simple, straightforward terms so the depth and brilliance of this knowledge can be appreciated by anyone. In this week's show, Penny Farrow presents the ways in which the weakness of a planet is determined through features such as combustion, debilitation, planetary war, or an eclipse. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Well, good afternoon, Penny. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Ben. How are you? Good, good. What's our topic? A continuation, actually. Uh, We were discussing this concept of what constitutes a strong or weak graha. Mm -hmm. And I think the last time we pretty much covered um, what we consider to be the the first level strength, the the kind of strength that you can um, count on. It's Mm -hmm. not like there aren't other strengths. And if we have um, some time at the end of this uh, uh, podcast, I'll mention some of these other things that can contribute. But when we want to deal with the ends of the seesaw, mm-hmm. um, great strength, great weakness, it's always a good idea to learn a subject like this, actually to learn anything um, in terms of ends of the seesaw. You know, uh, oh, sure. uh, heart, my teacher uh, loves to give the analogy, if you're trying to teach a two-year-old man and woman, you know, then it's the old Barbie Kenny thing Mm -hmm. because it's an exaggeration of the attributes. You know, you wouldn't take your two-year-old down the street and uh, point out, you know, someone quite androgynous and say, (laughs) you know, maybe man, maybe woman, you know, it's very Mm -hmm, confusing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So for, you know, for for teaching, teachers generally point to um, extreme examples or prototypes, we could even say, something that very clearly illustrates the point. So when we talk in terms of strength, it's not like these are the only ways of uh, deriving strength, but these are um, repeated in Shastra Mm -hmm. uh, as being attributes of strength by various techniques, various uh, forms of evaluations. Okay. Okay. So we do need, however, because we're thinking about the ends of the seesaw, we do need to think in terms of what makes a graha weak. Because just as a strong graha can indicate karmas of a modrid or fixed nature, so do very weak grahas indicate the same thing, but in an undesirable direction. And it's worth repeating that even a malefic weak is undesirable. There are certain exceptions, Mm -hmm. certain bhava placements, certain yogas, that are built on uh, weakness, but those are the exceptions. And certainly for our purposes now, we want to think in terms of the countless significations that the rishis have um, put in the portfolio of each of the grahas. Mm -hmm. So all of them have lots and lots and lots of significations. And if they're weak, they fail to... Uh, protect or manifest those excuse me those significations and every graha 
has positive significations. Every single one of them. So for that reason, um, it is preferable for a graha to have some strength. Um, even uh, uh, lords of bhavas, not even, lords of bhavas as well, uh, it's more important that they be strong than, than they're malefic and therefore it's good for them to be weak. No, that's also um, something wrong in the logic for that because every bhava also has a huge number of significations. Mm -hmm. And if the Lord is weak, it fails to manifest any of the good ones and makes the, the um, unfavorable ones even worse. So, for example, the famed eighth bhava, right. you know, <laughs> Uh, all kinds of thematic material that people may not like, manipulation, and bankruptcy, and uh, transformation, nice euphemism for, you know, die, death and dying, um, dangerous and fruitful journeys, or fruitless journeys, and annihilation, and agonies, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it also has things like inheritance, and... Um, ancient skill-based traditions, such as what we're discussing right now, other people's money, uh, deep research. So even that eighth bhava, that, that maligned eighth bhava, has very important um, themes that can be um, positive. And so with a strong eighth lord, uh, that side of the eighth bhava can come out as well in the right chart. You know, sure. Concepts. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any. Everything. Wouldn't have so, any yogis without a strong eighth house. That's that's right. Yeah. That's very true, and that same can apply to the twelfth. That these are the moksha houses. Sure, sure, sure. Among the purushartas. Uh, so, we want to understand then what constitutes a weak graha, and also, you know, for us as jyotishis, <clears throat> when there is weakness. Uh, those are the very grahas that we want to look to bolster through the myriad of uh, remediation techniques that are part and parcel of this tradition. So for that reason as well, it's good to um, have a clear uh, understanding of when a graha is weak, significantly weak. Okay, we good? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so just as we uh, discussed the astronomical um, observation that when a graha is very um, bright, um, it's very powerful, even though as we look at that graha, it appears to us our artifact of observation is that it's moving backwards. It's vakra. Right. And, and so we've discussed that retrogression uh, is a first tier or a very strong planet. First year strength, my teacher likes to call it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's an attribute of observation, which makes it very powerful. It's it's an inherent attribute in that graha, whether it's a malefic, whether it's a benefic, whether you know, any other classification. You, what you can't take away from that graha is that you can see it. It's brighter than it normally is. Okay, sure. so we called that strong. So just as we have that phenomena. We have the phenomena that a graha can be weak, 
by an astronomical consideration of being too close to the sun, or at least when you observe the planet, the, the graha, it's lost in the corona of the sun because it's on the opposite side of the mm, sun right. uh, from the earth. So if you try to look at that graha, um, you, can't, you can't see it. And so that phenomenon is called combustion, ashta. Mm -hmm. And combustion is a weak state for a graha. And you can that you can pretty much justify why that might be because something that you can't see doesn't manifest. Okay? Yeah, it's, it's it can't manifest yeah. its kataka nature. It can't manifest its significations. It can't manifest what it stands for as the Lord of Abhava. Hmm. So, for example, someone with a very combust Venus uh, may have issues in uh, finding a partner mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. staying with a partner, Venus being Kataka for marriage, sure. completely combust, uh, will detriment that in a general way. Now, does that mean every single person with a combust Venus? No, once again, no. We want to see how drud, how fixed is that karma. Mm -hmm. So what is their seventh Baba like? You know, what is their Lord of their seventh Baba like? Seventh Baba would be where we would read marriage in a chart. What is their Navamsha like? That's a divisional chart related to marriage. All of these things, perhaps down the line, we can go into. Um, so it's never only one thing. It's, you know, you always want to see it three ways. I think I talked about this. One way, kind of interesting. Yeah, I noticed that. That's interesting. You see it a second way. Hmm, could be a pattern. You see it a third way. Aha, I've got my rule of three. If I see this three different ways, then I'm going to look for this result in this person's life. So, uh, combustion, there's a difference between um, astronomical combustion, you know, actually um, the orb in which that graha has to be from the sun in order for this phenomena of difficult to see to take place. And what I've been trained by my teacher to consider total or serious combustion. So it is a scale. It's a sliding scale. And it's, I suppose, a bit arbitrary as to where you draw the line between this end of the seesaw kind of weakness and the fact that the graha may still be somewhat combust. So the way he has um, described it to me is that if there is a graha within three degrees of the sun and for this also we're talking about the true grahas you know mercury venus mars jupiter saturn tara grahas right. rahu ketu are not involved in this conversation mm -hmm. and for chandrama for the moon um we use a different vocabulary we don't talk about combustion so combustion is a phenomena just like the retrogression mm -hmm. cycle the same deal moon rahu ketu not involved in retrogression so so too in combustion so if a graha happens to be zero to three degrees, basically it's toast, burnt toast. So that would be very uh, total combustion within a three degree orb. And that graha would be very weak. And that would be an inherent nature of that graha. If it's from three degrees to six degrees, little wider orb, little further, um, we could consider that a serious enough combustion that that graha is going to be um, kind of the, the 
extreme end of week. Just like we consider retrogression to be on the extreme end of strong, six degree and less combustion is the extreme end of weak. Now, astronomical combustion has a further orb than that. And that doesn't mean we ignore that entirely, but we aren't going to consider something outside the six degree orb to be a kind of drud karma um, consideration. So once it's less than six degrees, the weakness ascribed to that graha will be significant enough that we would single that graha out as a nexus uh, of uh, issues, uh, problems for that person in interpretation. Whereas if it's outside that orb of combustion, there still may be some issue, but it isn't going to be, you know, as compelling. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Okay. Sure. And, you know, and this is this is also true given the fact that um, the grahas do have different um, combustion orbs. So, you know, why did he come up with six degrees? Probably based on experience. Very empirical mm -hmm. fellow who's done, you know, thousands and thousands of charts. And in working with it, um, it seems to be reasonable that that would be a borderline place. One side, we would have to take it very seriously in our interpretation. The other side starts to get less intense. Okay, so that's one um, attribute of a very weak planet is that it's combust. Another is kind of the flip side of Ucha, which we saw last time was that Rashi in which the Graha was like radiating light. Mm -hmm. And we called that exaltation. So the opposite of that is Nietzsche. So Nietzsche means something that's low or debased, um, kind of hyperbolic word, debased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Shastra's language is colorful. That will also be hopefully a subject sometime of, of how Shastra codes uh, priorities in terms of how things are languaged. So that's a good talk. Another another um, good talk while we're at it is, is, is how depressing looking at your own chart can be <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> you well, go, especially if you don't know this code. Well, that's what I'm saying is, it, you know, you go, oh, my God, my, you know, my yeah. Jupiter or my, my Mercury is combust and debilitated. Oh, my life is going to be horrible forever. Right. And it's and not necessarily so, many. but people walking around with these things who do just fine. So exactly. that's why I guess we need Jyotishis to try to sort that out. <laughs> and that's, that's why Jyotishis need really good teachers to sort that out. <laughs> and a lot of tact. Okay, so Nietzsche then is considered to be um, uh, an attribute of weakness, first tier weakness, if we want to use the terminology of my teacher. And I do because... Anytime I try to phrase it some other way, I, it feels awkward. Sure. So I'll stay with his, with his phrasing with all um, respect to him for um, languaging it that way. I find it so useful. So we have combustion, first year week, and debilitation, first year week. Now, with respect to the moon, we have that similar parallel structure. The parallel structure being... Uh, we considered moon 
to be first year strength when it was very, very bright. Now, the moon doesn't go retrograde. You know, we don't have that same phenomena, but it does have a waxing waning phenomena. And certain times of the month, the moon is very visible, very bright. And we discussed that. It was when it was six, seven, or eight bhavas from the sun that we would have a first-year strength moon, even though six and eight are not technically Purnima. They're not technically a full, full moon. Mm -hmm. Good enough. It's beautiful and bright enough for that moon to get this um, uh, attribute of first-year strength. Well, the flip side is also true. Uh, when, a, when the moon uh, is in its uh, uh, Krishna Paksha uh, cycle, the waning moon, from the time it's full down to the time it's Amavasya, um, the new moon, mm-hmm. then it's increasingly less bright. At some point, that lack of brightness starts to become an interpretively significant deficit. So Kshina moon, very thin moon, even that name, thin, emaciated moon, mm-hmm. into a dark, dark moon. Uh, we can't see it. And it's the same analogical thinking. Analogical thinking is very powerful in old world science. You know, um, uh, my teacher also gives this example that one of the uh, biggest uh, shoe producing countries in the world is Italy. And what does Italy look like on the map? It looks like a boot. Yeah, right. Now, accident in a way, but again, old world science is filled with this idea of analogical thinking, and and our astrology, our our attribute, our what's the word I want to use? The way we attribute meaning, attribution is that the word? Yes. The way we attribute meaning to the grahas is often through this process of analogical thinking. Sure. So when you can't see something, it doesn't manifest itself. So it doesn't show up in the person's life. It doesn't show up uh, in the significations that it's supposed to stand for. So too with the moon, when it becomes a dark moon or very skinny, you know, just about a dark moon, we consider it to be first year week. It is a weak moon. Mm -hmm. Even if it's on the Shukapaksha side, even if it's on the waxing side, so if it's within uh, the same house as the same bhava as the sun, then often it is the dark moon. Right. Um, but even the bhava before, it's still very dark, and the bhava after. So just like the, the bright moon, the first tier strength moon, was strong if it was six, seven, or eight away from the sun, the first tier weak moon um, is weak significantly so if it's 12th from the sun, if it's with the sun, or if it's second from the sun. So we can kind of set those parameters for uh, distinguishing uh, a very strong or very weak moon. This is different than the criteria for establishing a benefic or malefic moon, although it will overlap to a certain extent, this particular category. That's another discussion, who are benefic, who are malefic. We're dealing with strong and weak. Okay, so that's what, three. Two more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another attribute of weakness is a phenomena known as graha yudha, which is a planetary war. Very dramatic sounding. (laughs) 
So planetary war occurs when um, uh, two grahas are essentially vying for the same piece of real estate. Out of the whole 360 degrees of the zodiac, they happen to want to occupy the same degree of longitude. Mm-hmm. They want to be exactly in this or within one degree of each other. So when they're that close, uh, once again, the issue becomes, can you see them? Can you, do they retain their individuality? You know, can you distinguish them? Uh, that's part of the idea. And then, of course, the, the very name, Graha Yudha, uh, brings in the whole idea of, you know, of war and its destruction. There's something um, destructive about war for both parties, the winner or the loser. Sure. There's a lot of fuss that's made um, uh, in Jyotish and interpretation of who wins the planetary war. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's a very long discussion. There's, there's different ways to think about it and go at it. But a very simple uh, rule of thumb in terms of how a graha will operate interpretively in a chart is that a war costs life and treasure from both sides, mm-hmm. the vanquished and the conqueror. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't best to have a planetary war in any case. And so for right now, we'll nuance this later or not, you know, um, it's something that really requires a more serious study and that may be beyond the scope of our charts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the listener out there, I think the the simplest way to say this is if there is a planetary war, we can consider both grahas damaged. They're both weakened. Regardless of who technically Regardless wins. Regardless of who wins. Now, clearly the winner is better off than the loser. Sure. Okay. Now, is this a factor that is, um, well, can you think of a good example to illustrate the effect of a planetary war? Because honestly, in, in my own practice, my own experience, I, I just it, it's compared to combustion and debilitation and some of the other ways in which a planet can be, or a baba can be weak, this seems to be a relatively, um, I don't want to use the word minor, but, but compared to some of the other effects, fairly subtle is can you can you can you show me how i'm wrong if i'm wrong um well um howard hughes had a planetary war in his seventh bala Mm -hmm. i don't think the effects of that was subtle (laughs) (laughs) okay but (laughs) true true not not known for his success in marriage but 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 was that in his chart um, an isolated factor? So, for example, he didn't have the ruler of the seventh and the eighth, or he didn't have an aspect on the seventh house by Mars. Okay, so I'm going to come back at you with um, even your combustion or debilitation examples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, If you try to look at them as an entirely isolated example, you're Mm -hmm. not going to get really good hits either. So So like the other first-tier weak considerations, planetary Mm -hmm. war is a first-tier weak consideration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But it always has to be uh, looked at in the context. I mean, for example, Albert Einstein has a debilitated chart lord, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He also has a debilitated moon. 
Mm-hmm. There's two debilitated grahas, both of them involved with the mind because Mercury is the lord of his chart. Right. wasn't much wrong with Albert Einstein's mind or even his intuition, you know, which, uh, you know, you could say the moon can sometimes, um, or imagination anyway, sure. even right. if you don't want to go to intuition, because there were other factors in the chart that just greatly overrode it. So, so like what, that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, any of these first tier week considerations uh, can get mitigated by compensation uh, in the chart and there are different ways um, that compensation can come about. So as now, planetary were... war is relatively rare compared to combustion. It's a much more common phenomenon, and so is debilitation. So maybe, you know, there's not enough examples, you know, uh, for you to really kind of come home to this. Well, no, actually what I was thinking was this this is, is a great way to make the point that you can't take any individual factor in isolation and come to a conclusion that, you know, the rule of threes, this could be one of the three, but by itself doesn't really indicate anything. And it's a great lesson for our listeners who are starting to look at charts um, to understand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Right. Um, And the the purpose of of our talks is, once again, to just... um, demonstrate how rich and fascinating this is, but not to um, uh, imply that uh, everybody out there can now become um, experts. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, if you see in your chart that there's a planetary war, well, then what it really just means is that that's an area in which it bears further investigation. Red flag. Red flag. A red flag. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, a nice strong graha, you know, could be a green flag. But remember, again, a nice strong graha, we aren't talking about is that strong graha auspicious or inauspicious, are we? Correct. So, you know, we, it's always that context. We're, these are just the kind of categorizations, the Ganapati principle, Ganapati, mm. the Lord of Categories. So right. important in Jyotish. This is our system, our mm-hmm. sorting Mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to be very clean and clear and everybody uh, comfortable with these with these uh, uh, definitions and, um, you know, putting all these pieces in their right place and then the weaving starts, then the, then the magic starts, kind of getting all the warp and woofs untangled, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, all the colored threads, all, everything all sorted out, and then you can kind of start to put them together and create your beautiful cloth. It's like that. Okay, so planetary war. So who wins, who loses? Yeah, there's a lot of discussion we can have about that. But for now, war damages both parties. If you have a chart where there is a planetary war, interpretively, you're going to need to look at those grahas and how they're functioning as a whole and how they're being influenced, supported, or further damaged before you can make um, uh, meaningful conclusions. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so then uh, we're also now left with um, Eclipse. So we talked about on the first year strength side that Rahu Ketu, who are the the uh, uh, maestros of the light show, <laughs> right. uh, which is an eclipse <laughs> or yeah. a shadow show, right. uh, actually gains strength. 
during that process, but it's at the expense of the eclipse sun or the eclipse moon. So when there is a bona fide eclipse, and again, that's too technical to really go through when there is an eclipse, honestly, an eclipse in a chart. It's a rare occurrence, true mm-hmm. eclipse, sure. especially solar because the, the um, path of the eclipse is narrow. So it's not visible, you know, a lot of times in, in different places. Right, exactly. If, if you can't see it, it doesn't have the effect. Mm-hmm. See that mm-hmm. same idea. Sure. So um, bypassing all that technical uh, information, we can simply say, that in a bona fide eclipse, um, solar eclipse, the sun, is um, first tier week, and lunar eclipse, the moon, first tier week. And that is our first tier strong and first tier weak categories. Now, here comes the question that comes up a whole lot. What if someone has a debilitated graha, which we now say is first tier week, that is retrograde? Aha. Right. So it now has an attribute of strength and weakness. This is what we don't do. We don't average it. We don't make oatmeal out of that graha. (laughs) No. What we do is, and this is is where things get, um, uh, well, this is where judgment and skill has to come in. Sure. What we say is that graha is actually in mixed condition. It has attributes of strength or an attribute of strength and weakness. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure many people out there will say, what does that mean? Well, depending on the context of what you're interpreting, depending on what theme of life you're looking at, you might draft that planet into a pattern of strength using its strength category for one interpretation, for one area of concern, because it is part of a strong pattern. Or, and this other is equally possible, you might draft it into a pattern uh, where it's contributing to a weak trend because it simultaneously has a weak, a weakness, a significant Mm -hmm. weakness. So when would you do that? The context of the chart will tell you. It depends on what else is going on around that particular theme. So let me try to give a kind of word example rather than a, a you know out and out astrological example. Let's say you're examining marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's say the the lord of the marriage house is um, debilitated but it has um, directional strength, okay? So it has an attribute of strength and weakness. Um, And and again, let's say you're examining uh, marriage. What if that bhava, the seventh bhava, is uh, aspected by a very powerful, wonderful Jupiter, that debilitated but digbala planet uh, is also aspected by a strong Jupiter. There's no malefics on either uh, that Lord um, or uh, the house of marriage. Uh, and let's say you have a really nice Venus. The Kataka is really good. And so 
when it comes to marriage, uh, you might say, oh, well, um, that seventh Lord is got Digbala. It's got a first tier strength mm-hmm. and all of this other bolstering is there. And so I'm going to, you know, take that strength into this pattern and say that um, it looks like the significations around marriage will be fine. Okay, that's one way of thinking about it. Okay. Now, let's say that that first-tier strength uh, and first-tier weak lord is uh, Mars, just for argument's sake. Mars was the lord of that seventh house. And you look at it and say, well, Mars is Kataka for brothers, and it's in mixed condition. It's both debilitated and it has directional strength. So now I want to interpret brothers. And I look at the third bhava, which is where we look for siblings, and I find that um, it's very afflicted in many ways. Again, I don't want to go into a lot of details. So now when I look at Mars, I may draft that Mars into um, contributing to the affliction problem and if it's the Lord of the of the um, uh, third, and this may not be able to happen in a chart. I haven't thought this all through. This is kind of on the fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it winds up in the. Um, so let's think this through. Could that happen? No. Okay. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pursue that particular um, line of thinking. Let's mm-hmm. just say there's a lot of affliction to the to the third bhava. Mars, as the Lord of the Third, has mixed condition, whether it's Digbala or not, whatever, one attribute of first-tier strength, one attribute of first-tier weakness. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, when we're interpreting uh, brothers rather than marriage, we would use the weakness of Mars as confluence for problems with brothers, whereas we'd use the strength of Mars as confluence for marriage would go okay because of the pattern that's already constellated around marriage. So that's one of the things that you can do when a, when a graha has mixed condition. Does that make sense, Ben? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So what we don't do, and I'm going to emphasize this again, is, well, Mars is both strong and weak, so, you know, I'm not going to make a, you know, I'm not going to really use it. Um, you know, I'll just say that the seventh house looks, you know, looks good, and, you know, I'll sort of forget about Mars, as the Lord, because it gives me, you know, both strong and weak, and I'll just average that. So it's just an ordinary Mars. No, Mars isn't ordinary. It's both very strong and very weak. And in a particular context, one of those sides of Mars will show up, depending on the context. So that's a kind of subtle thing for maybe some of the Jyotishis out there, (laughs) or even not, even people who look and see that they have a debilitated planet that's also retrograde, so they may say to themselves, uh, uh-oh, you know, this looks like it might even be worse. And the answer is, you know, not necessarily. You know, you now have a mixed condition graha. It's a difficult graha to interpret properly. Uh, don't jump to any conclusions. Mm. Now, we can also get very extreme things happening um, when we look at these different um, strength considerations. Uh, we can get... Um, a very interesting chart, hypothetically speaking, actually not so. You and I were just discussing a particular person's chart, uh, Katie Holmes, actually. Mm-hmm. And she has an example of what I'm just about to say. 
what if you have a cancer chart and you have this would also work with a Sagittarius chart or a Pisces chart you have Jupiter in the ascendant Jupiter in the Lugna mm -hmm. so if you review what we talked about in our first tier strength discussion when Jupiter is in the ascendant it has Digbala it has directional strength mm -hmm. if it's in its own sign or in cancer it also has first year strength because it's exalted in cancer and swarashi swasta own sign mm -hmm. which is another category of first year strength so now this jupiter has double first year strength mm -hmm. what if it were also retrograde <laughs> yeah welcome to katie holmes triple <laughs> first year strength right among other things <laughs> right so right. so this is possible there are places uh, where grahas can be um, uh, put where they can wind up with triple strength mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so is that would you just say as you're interpreting a chart oh okay well that one has first year strength no you would miss the boat entirely if you didn't say that one has first year strength three times over that right. is very drud karma. Right. That graha is going to be a major force in that chart. And if you miss that, you you basically miss the boat. Well, I think that's one of the things that happens to um, people who are earlier in their study is that it becomes very difficult to determine scale of effect. Yes. And I think this is this is key to that. One of the one of the ways to determine, you know, you know how powerful this Jupiter is going to be in her life experience, for example. Right, and 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 what we're talking about with this sort of first tier consideration is the grossest attempt to do that, mm -hmm. the most obvious attempt to do that. Right. So if you miss the boat on on how that gets. Um, uh, nuanced <laughs> uh, when it's the more obvious um, scaling then when it comes to the subtler things you know then that's even harder to determine so so it's really critical to, in examining a chart to assess this to go through this kind of analysis who are your players who are your first-tier strength grahas who are your first-tier weak grahas and then you could start working towards the center of the seesaw, okay? Among mm -hmm. those first-year strength grahas, or, or the one, or the ones who are, are any of the mixed condition. That's another consideration. And then, what if there's something that's neither first-year strength or first-year weak? Well, then we call that ordinary. But ordinary has a lot of uh, latitude. Is it ordinary towards the stronger side? Is it ordinary towards the weaker side? Is it, so to speak, a stabilized planet? Is it a destabilized? So there's a lot more to this. Uh, and again, our purpose is just to kind of um, uh, whet the appetite and and give a peep into what we go through as Jyotishis in uh, doing uh, doing a chart, uh, the kinds of factors that go into analyzing things. Exactly. So human life is complex. If we had a you know three size fits all. Um, kind of jotish, it couldn't possibly reflect the subtlety 
uh, of human life and we wouldn't get the powerful kind of insights that we do. So it's necessarily complex. However, as, uh, as students of Jyotish, as lovers of Jyotish, we have to start somewhere. And what we've been discussing these last two podcasts is a very basic and very critical sort. Who are the first-tier weak grahas? Who are the first-tier strong grahas? And which have mixed condition? Exactly. Exactly. And by looking at that, we can tell what issues we all have to deal with in life. Those are the attention grabbers. Right. That's the place to start. It's a place to start. That's right. That's where the trained Jyotishi will go first. It it reminds me that oftentimes when I sit down to read a chart with someone, I find it amusing that they stare intently at the chart and say, well, now tell me what this says about career. And they're looking at the chart, and I realize that... Um, to someone who doesn't know what's going on, um, it's just a bunch of squares and letters on a page. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very difficult to crack that code to get any useful knowledge out of it. And uh, so I, I like what you've laid out here, which is really a very nice beginning of, okay, you look at the chart and, and you know this is how you define planetary strength and this is how you define planetary weakness and it's the foundation upon which you start to uh, start to crack the code and 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 start to see you know some of the dynamics that 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 goes on in a chart and and as you say human beings are wonderfully complex and that complexity is um, is reflected in the chart and 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 that's why jyotish is just it's not so easy it's not so easy, and uh, it, it requires um, much more than a casual interest, you know, to really gain um, altitude and proficiency. And it's a lifelong thing. Even yeah. even people who study it for a long time feel the lack of, you know, yeah. of, of how much there is that they don't know. Yeah. But if they can be useful to others, if they know enough to be useful and help uplift them and give them some good insight, you know, then then they should practice, you know, and that's kind of the premise, you know, that I always uh, go under. My teacher actually had it essentially kick me out of class mm. and say, go and do this, mm. because I always felt I needed to learn more. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, so I think I think we've uh, got a uh, at least um, a good vision of what yes. it means for a graha to be strong or weak, and uh, I think that will help people out there uh, at least understand that when we map, uh, it matters where the graha sh- turn up. <laughs> The fact that they are in certain bhavas, in certain rashis, in certain relations to each other, the consequence of those, of all of those, uh, one of the consequences is some of those uh, conditions will render that graha strong and others will render it weak. So that very cosmic pattern uh, that we've been busy discussing and mapping uh, has as one of its major consequences, this sort that we've just been through, yes. that the pattern that day 
will have the um, um, effect of rendering some of these players in the play, actors in the play, strong or weak, and that will have tremendous ramifications for the thematic material of that play. Well, thank you, and, uh, well, we'll see you next time.